I just hit record right away, so there's no like uh downtime. We go. That works. Did you get your computer working? Yeah, dude. When I first like signed on, I think it was because it was unplugged, so it was at like three percent, but I think it was like one of those things where the battery is so low the computer starts like glitching. But it just like I got signed in and then couldn't do anything else. Like couldn't move the mouse or anything. Yeah, that happens to me sometimes. Or also if I leave my computer in my car, then this is completely dead and I really need it. That's yeah. Completely... yeah. Yeah, I was having issues with my mic, so I had to like restart. I don't know, a whole bunch of heck issues. But thanks for making the uh the logo. I appreciate it. Yeah, what do you think of it? I think it's pretty sick. Um, but you you ran into some issues with a fiber person. Yeah, the first one. The first one I just like the first one I just like accepted the order and I was like I just accepted it knowing that I wasn't even gonna use it because I was like I, I like the dude just did not understand it. Yeah, yeah, it was like Canva photos. <laughs> <laughs> like it was like the aerial text with like a look up a stock image. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I guess you get what you pay for it's like ten dollars right yeah well uh, we'll figure out the best way to like kind of market the podcast in a way like right now i, I just made that twitter account and like posted on that twitter account but i feel like there's a better way to like market it but at this like stage in the podcast i want it to be like as low lift as possible yeah yeah that's true just getting in the habit of um making them but yeah i was honestly thinking about it this morning i was thinking like tiktok maybe just because you get a lot of reach um i guess twitter you can get a lot of reach too depending on uh i don't know if you have like a baseline of, of followers but yeah i don't know maybe but then i was also thinking it's, it seems like a lot of work to chop it up make tiktoks out of it and post it so maybe that's the thing where we just have uh like or we can just pay somebody full time to do that and it makes sense so we have to wait till we get to that stage i don't know yeah. what you think i that's what i don't know i don't think it's worth paying anyone right now agreed but like i i feel like there's something we could do now to like market it a little bit better than than what we have although like the one thing i was thinking about is We'll need to decide when we want to post, like get in the habit of like, you know, every Tuesday or every like every Saturday or like Sunday, like it's just mm-hmm. so people can start to like get used to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's smart. Make it a habit. Yeah. We need to like figure out that. That's like something that we'll have to think like way more strategically about. Yeah, I don't know if we've, I think it's honestly just like, well, how long does it take for us to turn, like, like what's the turnaround time from having the file of this Zoom call to getting it distributed? And Literally we, nothing. Yeah. Like, I I use, like, a hosting platform called uh, Acast. At some point, like, we could run advertisements over this using Acast. Um, it just we'd have to upgrade our plan, which would then cost money per month. Uh, but like I just use like this 
distributing platform. You literally just upload it there. It distributes the RSS feed to like all the different platforms we need. And then we can also get like a transcript. So mm. your last call has a transcript from it. Oh, that's sweet. Wait, yeah. so why? So when you, how, why'd you pick this podcast platform? Um, well, at first I was going to just use uh, SoundCloud because mm-hmm. you can RSS feed off SoundCloud. Uh, but I figured this one might be a little bit better because there is like transcription tools and things like that, like built into it. Okay. So, so really all you need is the RSS feed. Is yeah. One. Okay. Yeah. And so I think like, I think we're still waiting on approval for Apple podcasts. Uh, that could take up to like a week and a half to get like approved for. Um, but everything else should be like live. Okay, sick. Yeah, I saw it on Spotify. Give it a five star review. Oh, dude, I didn't get a chance to go to Starbucks. Is that Starbucks? No, uh, since I just moved, like I'm looking for a new local coffee shop. And this is like the one I tried today, but this is the best coffee I've had in this area so far. And you're in uh, Phoenix or like North Mountain, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know where that is, but yeah, that's what I was looking at moving somewhere after because I'm in Cincinnati until May. Um, so isn't that what you want to talk about different cities? Yeah, dude. Well, first, should we should we like intro the podcast somehow? Like I feel like I feel like going forward we should have like an intro, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could. I don't know. Have you seen my first million? They don't do it. They don't do an intro. They don't do an intro. No, what they will do is like a snippet from. They'll have like a snippet at the beginning from somewhere in the podcast to like catch your attention, and then they just go into a. So I don't. It's up. It's up to you. We could. We don't. We don't need to do it then. We we can figure. We can play around with it. We'll figure it out. I kind of like the casual vibe of it right now. Yeah. What? No, yeah. dude. Yeah. Uh, did you read that? Uh, that Paul Graham essay, "Cities and Ambitions." I didn't read that one. Is is that where he talks about the the whispering of the cities? Yeah, the east. It was such an interesting concept where he's talking about e- like different cities have different eavesdrops. And yeah, I didn't it was, read it, but I, I heard. I didn't mean to cut you off. I just heard people talk about like. He talks about like wh- the city whispers something to him. Or maybe that's like an over exaggeration, but no. So like, I mean, it made kind of sense. Like he made this argument that the the different vibes of a city like are what you like can eavesdrop on, and it's the the things that like most people like subtly don't notice. And, like it, it's not the biggest factor, but it really is, and the different types of cities control the different ambitions that people have, which is super interesting because like, it's not just like, Oh, the vibe of the city is like enjoyable. It's like, no, like it literally controls like the vibe, like the, the ambitions that you have going forward. And like what he meant by that, he gave a few examples, right? It's like New York is all money. And when I was like working in venture capital, like one of the things my boss told me is like, there's a difference between Silicon Valley VC and New York VC. And Paul Graham goes on to say like Silicon Valley is all about like power and like, how can you like influence 
as many people as possible. And it's interesting because in venture capital, like New York's VCs are all like time value money. Like they all like they care about like net present value, like subtracting back. How can we like basically maximize the time? We're in like Silicon Valley, you know, like Sequoia and Dreesen Horowitz, all of that. They're betting on like the biggest ideas. Like they're looking for the next like Facebook, Uber, like all of those where VCs in New York, like, yeah, they'd be happy to invest in something like that, but they're just looking for like what has the most like probability of exit. And that doesn't even need to be public. It's like, how can we just 10X our money as fast as possible? But, and so he makes like, Paul Graham makes this, um, he, he puts out this concept of eavesdropping, right? And it's the subtle influence of ambitions that a city has. And he talks about walking down the street in Palo Alto versus walking down the street in like Boston. And in Boston, you look into a window as you're walking down the street and you see like bookshelves and you see books and you see like all of this. And so the underlying message there is like, get smarter. And when you walk down the street in New York City, like you see people dressed super fancy, like they're in a hurry, they're in a rush, like, and the kind of undertone there is like, get richer, right? Like that's where Wall Street is everything. And as you walk down the city and like, Palo Alto, you look into people's houses and there's like the 60 inch flat screen TV. And they're like, just so ahead of the technology curve with like what people are doing that like all you want to do there is like, is like get more influence, basically like figure out how to like help as many people as possible, pretty much through technology. But I think that terminology of like, the eavesdropping of a city is interesting. Yeah, wait, can you explain that again? So it was like the subtle, that, that's what I didn't get, that e- each city is eavesdropping. Like it's either the, eavesdropping on the city or? Yeah, no, it's the subtle things that like you pick up from the people around you, right? Mm. So like it's just a subtle like eavesdrop of Oxford, which was like where we went to school, right? Like you're walking down the street on a Friday night and what are just the subtle things that whether you register it or not, you're like picking up on, right? It's like, you're looking at the dude puking in the trash can. <laughs> like, like you know what I mean though? Like you're looking at like yeah. guys like sitting in the, in the front of their like fraternity house, like playing die and things like that. And like, whether you register it or not, like you're subtly like picking up on all of those little cues like around you. Yeah, dude, no, I, I noticed that for sure. Like, go to a restaurant, it's like, you can just tell the vibes. You know what I mean? Like, people in there, just, or everything. Yeah, so I know, I know exactly what you mean by And he made this, like, point where it was, like, it was, and this is something that, like, I, I resonate, like, a lot with. And I don't know if, like, you would or not, but he's, like, the, you can be as ambitious as you want. But regard, like your external factors are always going to factor into your like ambitions. And he was like, I like hated like some of the cities that I went to. And I loved, like, I always like longed to be like back in that Cambridge vibe, like always longed to be back in that, like get smarter, like mentality. And he was like, but the ambitions of like the other people around me, not that they destroyed my ambitions, but when people don't value and care about the same things, 
it has a direct impact on what you're capable of doing. I thought that was the most powerful thing there was because I definitely like, I definitely know what he's, he's saying where it's like, I've been trying to do certain things throughout school. Right. And there was people that didn't value the same things. And it's not that it like stopped my ambitions, but it definitely like, it definitely made them feel less valuable. You know? Yeah. It has some influence like consciously or subconsciously, especially if you associate with those people. I mean, yeah, I think that also depends on like how the vicinity of like how close somebody is. Like if it's your very close friends, I think the, the ambition of your close friends plays a lot of into it. But yeah, even just like the overall environment, everybody. Yeah. Kind of, but the, um, I guess the sentiment is on like high doing high achieving things. I think it can, or like the ease, what you get from specific uh, cities and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. I think there's like the over, like the macro environments of like the people and the vibes to give off. And then there's also like your close circle of friends. And I think both of them have an impact on. Well, that's why like yeah. one of the things Hormozy, I saw Hormozy talk about once is like, the changing of your friends, like in the basically, like if that's the macro environment, then like Hormozy's talked about the micro environment, in which like as your goals shift and change throughout life, which they should, like your friends should shift and change at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's not that like you just ditch all your old friends, but it's like the people you're like immediately hanging out with, you know, like the five chimps that you're around. <laughs> Like those people should like shift and change with your goals, right? Mm-hmm. You can't expect to be like a millionaire if you're hanging around with like, you know, people that are just like used car salesmen. <laughs> I don't know. Car salesmen can make a lot of money. Uh, yeah, that is true. I mean, that's just like, a, I'm just throwing yeah. out. No, Everyone always thinks of them like a grimy like person. And yeah. not something like any of, any of like, our friends are like that, but you know, it's just like as your goal is shift and change, like you're supposed to hang out with different people. Yeah, that's what uh yeah, Hormoz was talking about on like why he doesn't even go home for holidays. And yeah, I don't, get, I don't get that. I don't understand that. But because he said for that reason, he's like he shifts and changes, but then when he goes back home, people he knows, whether it's his family. Or uh, his, his uh, I don't know, maybe old friends he sees. They know him as the person he was before he shifted and changed. So, like, he said in his case, he, people were communicating with him as if he was, like, the person he used to be. And, I don't know, he has a few videos on it. But he's like, you can't speak that over me and all of this stuff. So, I don't know. I'm, I've been thinking a lot about how I feel about that. Because at one point, it's like... I don't know, can you, I don't know, I'm basically thinking, well, if people saying that to you, does it have that big of an impact? Like, if people just, or can you brush it off easily? Like, I'm trying to figure out if he's taking that too far, or if that's actually, like, a reasonable thing to do if you want to do crazy stuff. I think, I don't think he's necessarily taking it too far. Um... I think about like if I were to go back, like I saw your text this weekend where you were like texting Max and you were like, yo, or like, are you, are you here? Yeah. Like, blah, blah, blah. And, and I could tell like you were in Oxford 
And I think uh, like about if I were to go back and step into Oxford and I've been out of there for like six months, but I feel like it would be a direct like regression back six months for all like the personal growth that I've went through just mm. because the people around me would like automatically apply this like lens and box me in for like what I should be, you know, like mm. they have this expectation of I should be this type of person because that's the type of person I was six months ago and not saying like as a person I've changed a ton in six months but you know what I mean by like they would expect you to just like be this image that they have when maybe you're not and I think there's like been subtle changes in my personality just literally coming out to the west coast not knowing a single person and like meeting a bunch of people and making new friends and everything and experiencing a whole new like culture and environment there that I, I literally think like if I were to go back to Oxford, like it would be a regression back. So I, I kind of get that. That's how I feel. Um, and that's, it's even if you don't even talk to anybody too, it's like the uh, environmental cues as well. Like I know that they say like, if you're trying to build new habits, right. When you move, somewhere new is like the best place to do that because you don't have all the cues in your environment that because a habit is like triggered by a certain cue i don't know yeah. oh you wake up and he's i don't know you walk in your living room and every time you walk in your living room you always make coffee something i don't know there's probably a more clinical way to to explain it but even it's like oh okay i'm going to this bar this is where i would like drink way too much multiple times and it's like yeah it kind of just feels like i don't know a fever dream almost <laughs> well james james clear he uh in his book atomic habits he talks about like how our identity is one of the most powerful things to our habits and the thing the thing is like when people think of habits like they think a lot about the physical habits, right? Like, do I go to the gym? Do I go for a run? Like, do I go to bed early? Like, do I brush my teeth in the morning? They think about like physical actions as habits and they neglect that like you have mental like paradigms. Like you have, like, if you track your thoughts, like realistically, like you would think of a lot of the same thoughts like every single day. Like you have mm. literally like habits of thought. Mm. And, and, I think they, they forget that like when you do put yourself in those environments that cue a lot of those things, like you're queuing back up thought, like a thought habit as well. Not just mm -hmm. a behavioral habit of like, oh, this is the bar that I drank way too much at. I go into the bar, I drink too much. It's yeah. like you're queuing back up a thought pattern that, you know, there's a reason why you're not thinking about those things again. Mm -hmm. you see what i'm saying like it's yeah. like you progress forward past that but it's almost like a literal regression backwards yeah i think that's a good point like the habits of your thought patterns are not only the habits of your actions i think that's smart yeah i had um my therapist told me because i i i've seen a therapist for like a year now but i haven't seen her like a few months since i've been traveling but she used to um she would tell me she's like a phd like behavioral psychologist and so i would a lot of times i would go and just ask questions on like 
human behavior and to take notes on it and stuff. And uh, there was one thing she had me do one time, which was like a time audit, which is like print out a chart. And she told me to do every 15 minutes. And so I did every 15 minutes. I thought those might've been a little bit compulsive, but I got so used to every 15 minutes I'd write down in the block. Like, like I, like I'd print out from 12 AM to 12 AM and I'd have the time of sleeping then I'd wake up and like, but every 15 minutes would fill in what I did in those 15 minutes. And then you go back and at the end of it, you categorize and stuff. But then there was another time she told me you can do that for your thoughts too, where you can actually go back over the past. I mean, I forget how many thoughts we have during a day. It's definitely, it's like an absurd number. That's way too much to actually catalog. Yeah. But, and some are subconscious, some are uh, like you're consciously thinking of things, but like I'm not thinking to blank or like to have my heartbeat and, and stuff like that. But yeah, she, I never did the the thought audit where like you go back. Okay. What did I think about in the last hour? I, I don't know, but that's, that kind of reminded me of that. I don't, cause I was thinking about, okay, well, how can you break the habits or how can you kind of audit it on like what you're already thinking? And then you can kind of say, well, how in alignment? My, I don't know. They give it a rating. Yeah. My tool that I've done uh, for like the last two, almost three years now to uh, continually like audit my thought patterns and stuff, which I was like super fortunate because I got put on this by like one of my mentors. Um, and at first, like it doesn't seem like a like a business thing. Like you're like, why the fuck would I do this? Like why? And he challenged me to for two weeks straight like write down like everything that energized me everything that i found negative and like just different relation like things going on in my relationships like in that day so you know like now it's shifted to something like completely different but in the beginning it would be like i would write down those things and like maybe i'm sitting there writing about this podcast like oh like i really liked like like recording the podcast the topics we talked about like I found it you know negative to have to do it virtually and then I write about my relationship with like you because we've interacted today during the day Mm -hmm. and like now it's shifted so far away from that to where it's just like it's um it's a filter to catch things upstream that's like how I would describe it and which like I can start to see progressions in in my thought patterns, like visualized out on paper. I can like see them objectively because I I literally try to write like in almost the second or third, like not third person, but like second person. Like I write, like if I'm writing and speaking to myself. Mm -hmm. So then when I go back and like read it, it's literally like I just spoke to myself. Like, you know, if I read, my journal entry from yesterday, it was like I was speaking to my future self today. So I can start to catch those things like upstream. Like it's, <laughs> do you see what I'm saying by that? I, I get so what then, you mean. So then like I'm, I've, I've written, you know, for four or five days straight and it's like you, this, you, that. And then I'm like reading it and I'm like, shit, like, you know, I've been saying like, you need to do this. You need to do this. Like multiple t- like days in a row. And I've just continued to ignore it. Like now I should probably like shift my thoughts, like to focus more on that. Yeah. It's like a feedback loop. That's like, that's the exact goal is to create like a feedback loop. Right. And like, it was interesting because 
uh, like probably eight months ago, like shit hit the fan in my life. And I had this like log of just notes from like the last like two and a half years. But I think when things start to go bad, like you either focus so much on the past, right? Or you like focus a ton on the future. And I've been like in both positions. I was so focused on the future. And then I realized like, shit, I should probably like, you know, take into account all of the progress I made. I went back through and reread through like the two and a half years of my life. And it's just incredible, like the subtle progress you can make in like, even like a three week period, like you won't notice it because you literally like live your life out like every single day. But if you're like super intentional and you put a ton of effort and energy into something in like three weeks, you you could progress a significant amount and you just wouldn't notice it because you just you just keep moving forward. And without taking a step back to like look at all the progress you made, it can be really easy to like be hard on yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, dude, it probably would even take even less than, than three weeks. Cause I remember um, there would sometimes I'd tell my therapist, like, hey, I feel like I'm not getting anything done. Or like, I feel like, yeah, I would just say, like, I feel like I'm not really getting anything done. Or like, I'm doing a lot, but not getting anything done. Or my schedules, like, my schedule's not the way it would be. She's like, okay, literally tomorrow, like before you go to sleep today, mark out like a very strict plan for the next day, like down to like 15 minute or 30 minute intervals. If you can, like just make it so granular, then just try to follow that exactly. She's like, you just have to do that one or two days and you'll start feeling better. So it may even be like only a few days until, I don't know. I've, I haven't done it. I didn't, I should, I mean, it sounds like a very productive thing to do to like there's like back loop there's like a pretty good intro like thing into i guess more like deep journaling it's called uh the high performance planner and it's like the size of a macbook like it is massive is that brendan bruchard's uh it might be i think so um but it's like the size of a macbook and in the middle of it is all of like the hour, like the 30 minute block breakdowns. So you basically put like your entire day there. And I got in the practice of like every Sunday, I would sit down, look at my week ahead, fill it in off of like my Google calendar. And then like, I would just use that planner throughout the, the week. But there's a morning like mindset thing. So like each morning you basically like boot your brain up and like, shift your focus to like what you really need to focus on that day and at the end it's like you structure like okay how would be the best yeah it's this one so yeah there's weekly monthly pages and if you go to the daily pages um yeah is this it yeah it is so and then on the so on the the daily pages there's like there's all of the different things to structure your morning yeah I know what you mean things to like end your night so that like the next day you can review them and then choose how you want to structure your next day yeah that's what it looks like and then there's a weekly review and there's a monthly review and like whatever you decided like it was like every sunday i would sit down and do the weekly review and literally like take an objective audit of like 
how I did the like during that week and what I need to focus on the next week. And then monthly review is like a little bit of the same thing. But when it came to like monthly like reviews, a lot of it was like almost goal reevaluation to where it's like you're pretty much like making sure you're working on the right like goals. So yeah, like at the bottom, it says realign your tasks to one to three year goals. So it's like, you're trying to make sure like you're working in the right direction and, and baking in that level of reflection. It was a great thing to like get me started and, and like really setting these filters. Because honestly, like when you think about it, a lot of it, when it comes to like auditing your thought patterns and things like that, it's just like baking in actual behavioral habits to like set up those different like, you know, nets to catch things before they drift downstream. And now you have like to, to go against the current, right? Yeah, no, that's a good planner. I used it for, dude, I've tried so many different planners over the years and journaling. Yeah, I, I did some journaling too, but I never went back and read it. I mean, very rarely I didn't have a set I, I think that's important though. I mean, I think it depends. Like I would do like the stream of conscious or whatever the stream of consciousness by the, the I don't know if you I got it from Tim Ferriss. Um, <clears throat> there's a, this book called the artist's way where they talk about three, like three pages of stream of conscious journaling, which is just writing, whatever. Um, but the premise of it is like never go back and look at it. But so I never went back and I mean, you, I think it's more so like a, like the author of that book saying never go back and look at it is more so like to lower the barrier to like take action on it. So, but I like the idea of doing the feedback loop. See, like you're I, doing. I've done it for, I've done like I've journaled for so long now that it's not like there's no, when you first start, like you don't want to put down like everything on a page, right? Mm. Like, when I was in college, it's it's basically like a diary. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's like that was like my biggest thing is like that's why my mentor had to like be like do this for two weeks. After two weeks, like you can literally do whatever you want. Like you don't have to ever do it again. But do it for two weeks. He's like everybody just like journals when things go wrong. Like, but in this two weeks, like if things don't go wrong, just do it every single day. Like if. It's a middle of the road day. Nothing eventful happens. Just do it. Like it's it's just data points. The more data points you collect about each day, the mm. more like you can start structuring these like high level decisions better. Like yeah. how do you, how do you actually govern your day to like be the best type of you to create the best to you know solve problems the best to feel the best, and a lot of that is just like understanding and structuring data points in that way because dude like. At the end of the day, it, it could be, you know, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Gary Vee, Alex Hormozzi. They all have different like morning routines, nightly routines, like all of it. And it helps them be the high performer they are. But you have to like understand what that is in scope of you, right? It's like how you own your day. Mm-hmm. And that only comes from collecting those data points of like the middle, the good, the bad, all of it. But to get over, like, because it just feels like a diary in the beginning. And you kind of, like, have to push through that and where you're like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like, I'm starting to learn a little bit about myself. 
And uh, I don't, you know who Jim Collins is? Yeah. The guy who wrote Good to Great. Mm-hmm. He called it his, his bug, he called it his bug book. And he had someone, I forget exactly who it was, but they basically told him like study like Jim or so like study Mac as if you're like studying a bug. Right. Like when you start to do that, you can run like objective experience, like experiments on yourself to see how you feel about the presentations. You can run a split test. Okay. Here's what happens when I I meditate in the morning versus not. Yeah. Or like, I'm getting hooked into that. Or, or it's like, it's like what happens when I meditate in general, right? Like if I don't, Mm -hmm. if I don't meditate, like if I, if that's something that's like completely new to me, it's like, okay, what happens when I meditate? Let me try meditating for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then like, let me write it in my bug book. Let me like write it in my journal about like how I'm feeling about meditating. Then after those two weeks, like I can go and look at all of the, the data objectively and determine like, okay, maybe meditation isn't something that helps me own the day. It's not something I need in my routine. I don't really get that much of marginal benefits from it. So let me just try experimenting on another level. Mm-hmm. That's like the key. Like, um, it's funny because in school and in college, like I, a lot of people like thought I was really big into personal development. Right. And I'm sure like you probably got a similar thing where people were like, Oh, like you're really big into personal development. No, like personal development is bullshit. It's, it should be called like personal evolution. Because it's just like, how many times can you iterate on like different things in your life? And the more you can iterate, right? It's like the more you can evolve and the more people think you're like, you're, you're, you're developing personal. They're like, what's, what's the self-development books I can read? I would get asked that so many times. And I'm like, they're like, what do you, what do you mean? Like self-development and what? Like, it's not like I can just hand you a book and it's like, well, cause it's kind of like a meme, dude. Yeah. Like the, per- like, uh, like if you saw my bookshelf, I had a huge bookshelf and, um, it was all like the, yeah, self-improvement books. And even due to my psychology classes, they would self-improvement categories would get shit on. Cause they're like, oh, self-improve, like 80% of people who read these books don't, uh, like nothing happens or like I literally took my psychology classes at school. They would say out self-help. And I was like, what do you, that's when I was actually, I was like, what do you mean? So, but that's always like my entire bookshelf. So I know what you mean when, uh, yeah, I think there's kind of a, it's kind of like a meme. Like, Oh, that's like a personal. Yeah. I mean, or something. I, I, when I first started out reading, I was reading a ton of self like self-help books. Mm-hmm. And that was like my big thing that I was reading. And I think looking back, like I wish I wouldn't have done that. But also like it served me really well because you'll get when you read a bunch of self-help books, like you'll slowly start to realize like one person will tell you to go right and another person will tell you to go left. Right. And they both back up their arguments very well on like, here's how you like, you know, develop right like here's here's the best personal development go right go left but then it's like up to you to like take all of that and weigh the objectives and be like okay this is the path i'm going to experiment with and i have an alternative to go if need be 
Yeah, that's interesting. That's a that's a good way to put it. Because because you hear like you hear like right like there's literally an entire book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like self help book. And you you see one person say like, oh, don't get attached to anything, don't give a fuck, like like you know all of that. And then you hear another person be like, like give like the highest damn you can like and, and and put everything you can into like these things and they they don't they're, they're not like they don't mesh right yeah yeah you're just gonna get confused if you keep listening to, to different messages like that's what i'm trying to do is slowly narrow down who am i actually taking information from and who i'm not and it's kind of hard to uh not hard i mean it's Really, it should be easy because you just unsubscribe from everybody but the one to three people you want to listen to. Um, well, that's one of the things, like, when it comes to Twitter, uh, like, I have a bunch of lists. And that's, like, what I – I don't use, like, an actual, like, Twitter timeline. Like, I just use, like, my different lists. But each list, like, can only have a cap of people. So, like, my immediate, like, community list, like, the people that are, like – we're follow, like following each other that I engage with is only 20. And so if I want to put a new person on there, I have to determine like, okay, if this person is going to provide me better information, then who is the person on this list of 20 people that is providing me the lowest quality of information, right? Or at least this person is providing me more than another person. And then I have to take them off. And then like, I, I even think 20 is still too much. Yeah, I feel like it is too, but like I have 20, 25, and 30 for the three lists that I use. And I like, and I like have to take someone off at that point. And then when it comes to like emails, right? Like email list, five. It's like, what are the five emails that provide me like the highest value? Maybe I should have, because I was about to start (laughs) doing daily emails. I was about to text you and Max and be like, Hey, can I add you guys to my daily email list? No, nah, dude, it would get fil- it would get filtered out. You you mark it as spam immediately. Um, <laughs> Unsubscribe. Like I, like I was subscribed to Tim Ferriss's newsletter for probably the last like three years, right? And I just realized like it's really it really does not provide me that much value. Like it's mm-hmm. just what he's consuming in a, in a on a weekly basis. But like what he's consuming isn't relevant for what I want to create. Mm-hmm. So then I'm just like, I'm like, well, it's, it's interesting. Like as someone who's like really curious and kind of has an insatiable like appetite for curiosity, like I love just like learning about these like random things. Like one time he sent like a whole mushroom documentary and it was like a documentary someone made about like mushrooms in relation to like the ecosystem of a forest. Like psilocybin mushrooms? No, just mushrooms in general. Like oh, okay. as a decomposer, like what what is the role of a decomposer in hmm. the ecosystem? But I'm like, for what I necessarily like want to create right now, I'm like, what I want to do, like, does that serve a purpose? Right? Yeah, it's like at one point it's like, okay, is this actually getting me closer to my goals or is it not? But then there's also like, is there a uh I guess a leisure component to to reading certain things like that but yeah i i know what you mean and yes but the email stuff is is interesting um because i'm subscribed to a few people who do daily emails they send a daily email 
uh, like uh, there's a guy Ben Settle. Uh, there's another Justin Goff. Um, but Ben Settle is really the guy who like pioneered the uh, the daily emails, and they focus more on uh, uh, they call it infotainment, which is their hypothesis is people just want to be entertained, and so they actually take inspiration from radio hosts like Howard Stern or any other big name radio person you can think of. Um, and their whole for, number one goal is to be entertaining. And like Justin Goff, for example, he sends a daily email. And it's like 80% of it is entertainment. It's usually a story. And then the last 20% of it is, is like the final like message she wants to, to bring home. And I mean, it seems to be working well for them. I mean, Justin Goff is, he, he makes like six to $10 a month per subscriber. And like, like Ben settled his entire routine is he wakes up, sends an email, then he like goes to the beach with his dog. Like he's a solo business. He's for like for 17 years, he's just been selling a physical paper newsletter. Like it's $97 a month and it's like a packet of papers like it's mailed to you. And like so he has the free email list and then he has the offline newsletter. And like that's it. He sends a daily email and then some people sign up for the newsletter, some people don't. And he's like super aggressive email marketer. And I don't know. It's a. See, yeah. I think, I think like, I think there's definitely, I don't think like daily emails are necessarily like invalid. I, I'm subscribed to a few daily emails. So I, I guess I should say like personal and professional are like mm-hmm. two different categories for me. So mm-hmm. on my like work email, like, I'm subscribed to a bunch of like AI like stuff and all of that. And it's like daily, I get daily like updates for everything that's happening in like the AI industry, all of that. Mm. And people that like, like that's how like when I'm sending you guys like all this like really cool AI. The notion stuff and realm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's cause like I'm getting like three, four emails that are just like, they're, they're solely focused on like AI. And I think like if it's, if it's one of those things where like, you're providing people something that like if you're want to be focused on keeping people up dated on all the news and stuff and things like that like you're their go-to source for like here's the the hottest like stories in this like industry mm-hmm. right or like somebody that i think would do really good with daily emails is like i don't know if you follow like chung Fam on twitter he's always I think making, I've heard of him though yeah he's always making like memes and stuff like that of like current events um like the one I just saw yesterday is he took a clip from Spider-Man and it was like he put the Twitter servers like over Spider-Man and it's like Spider-Man's like stopping this train from falling off the tracks and it's like Elon Musk reinstates Donald Trump World Cup like <laughs> coming <laughs> on, on like and it's like all this like stuff is like happening on Twitter and, and it's like the Twitter servers are like trying to hold like the train like still on the tracks and and I think he could do really well with the daily email. But the offline newsletter is interesting. I think if you mm-hmm. could figure out a way to create, you know, almost like mini books and you you just like ship the book basically a month to people as an author yeah. thing, you could do really well in some i mean i'm subscribed to one right now uh taylor welch uh he's like a marketing guy um but he's blown up on twitter now too he has a sub stack he's trying to 
yeah, I don't know. I'm, I've been studying his his uh, kind of what he's doing because it seems like he might be following. Uh, I don't know. Like he's kind of taking. Like he built up this company called Traffic and Funnels, and they were doing like over ten figures a a year. Then he he left that, and then I was doing his own thing. But yeah, he has a he has a a offline newsletter, and um, I don't know. It's kind of cool because it gets mailed to you. <laughs> It adds some level of like, like it's cool getting something physical. You can write on it. You can, I don't know, like I take it more seriously. Like I consume the information more seriously than it would have like an email or something that I can just like throw away. Yeah. You know? So. Well, I've been, I've been uh, rereading the Almanac of Naval right now. Mm-hmm. And I've been probably rereading it for two weeks. I just want to reread the part on wealth, but I'm going so slow and just writing like my thoughts out. Like I'm basically using like his words to stimulate my creativity and thoughts and then writing my thoughts down on a page. So that it's like what I'm writing is obviously like no longer the same text in the book, but it rhymes with it, right? It's my interpretation mm-hmm. process of it. So I love I love that concept of like offline. There's something different about reading like a physical book than a book on a Kindle, right? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, same way with like reading an email versus like reading you know a printed out article. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I've been thought I even thought of like a business idea as like helping people build offline newsletters, like creating like some sort of. Like you, hey, you just send me the the Google Doc, and then like, like your list, and then I'll handle the printing out. The you tell me what letter, like how you want it, like what sort of packaging you want on it. If you have any inserts, that's like a different color or something. Like I thought about something like that because I was like, yeah, an offline newsletter seems interesting. <clears throat> you know what would but, be an interesting like test run of it mm-hmm. if you wanted to like test out because that could be like a pretty interesting like agency right like i think you could almost go and like i don't know it would be interesting to see how this would play out but like subscribe to somebody like justin welsh's newsletter and he sends out a single newsletter like every saturday subscribe for a whole month print out that entire month's newsletter like go through and like highlight all the different things or literally like throw it into like obsidian and start like connecting all the common points and then just go through and copy and paste different things into like a longer form blog from all of his newsletters and then send it to him and be like hey here's like a copy of the physical newsletter like i decided to make for you would love to know your thoughts like Mm -hmm. if if you want you know if you want ten thousand copies let me know here's the price yeah it it would be like an investment of time up front but i think it would be like an interesting i think it would be a pretty easy sell like when you would send it to people yeah no i think that <clears throat> that would be i was thinking more so people who like want yeah i think because i think there's two components of that people who want to do an offline newsletter and then there's people who don't even know what an offline newsletter is like don't even want to know what it is so like i feel like number one they have to first believe that the offline newsletter is a way to go and then number two that you're the right person to actually help them build it that's kind of how i thought when i was getting uh, marketing clients was 
somebody has to, because a lot of these local businesses wouldn't, would be, would be completely word of mouth and not believe in advertising. And so I did number one, find somebody who believed in advertising, quote unquote, or like wanted to put money behind it. And then number two, I had to convince them that I was a person to do it. But anyways, going back to the Justin Welch, I don't know if you saw that I had, uh, uh, that I was literally telling him he should do his daily. We were, we had a slight, like uh, we were tweeting back and forth for a little bit. Cause he was saying people always hit him up saying he could make 10 X the amount of money. If he just did X, Y, Z or something. Yeah. And then I commented, I was trying to like bait him to response, but it actually worked. And uh, I, I, I basically just said, there's a difference between not sacrificing your lifestyle versus running an under optimized business. And uh, I was like, if you just make this one simple tweet, you could 10 X, you could 10 X your revenue. Or no, I said 10x your time to income ratio. So that's what he cares about. He cares about how much money he's making for how much time he has. Yeah. And I literally just told him to do daily, daily emails. Cause I think the like, I don't know. Like if you're gonna have a like the, the email list is the most important audience you have because it's literally something you own. And out of, he's putting all of this effort into like the top of funnel LinkedIn. Twitter and all of this stuff. And dude, it could be taken away in an instant. They could change their algorithm one day. Um, I don't know. He could get deplatformed. I was like, dude, if you just focus on your list, like Justin Goff is making way more money. And like, so Justin Welsh has 60,000 people. Justin Welsh has 9,000 people. And Justin Welsh is doing like six to $10. That's a, this is just like a hypothesis based on some of the numbers he shared. And, reverse engineering but like i'm estimating he's doing like six figures a month right now and he's a soul like justin goff that's that's an estimate i don't he could be doing more could, could be doing less but on this email training i did he showed numbers on a certain offer he promoted so and i was like okay if he's nine thousand, he's like what is it if you do ten ten dollars it's like ninety thousand. I don't know. Just if Justin Walsh has six sixty thousand people. Like if you take that same like revenue per subscriber multiple, if you just treat your email list better, I think uh, Justin Walsh could be making a whole lot more. But that's like the daily emails. That's a very like direct response, like aggressive email marketing style, and not everybody yeah. is like is doing that stuff. But it just I think if you want to make the most money, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I like the, the thing is, so my, a lot of my, because like a lot of when it comes to just content in general right now is like a long, longer term play. Mm-hmm. Like it's like with this podcast, we have, we probably haven't, we didn't market the first episode like as well as we could. And I know like in the beginning, we're talking about like, how can we market it better, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I want to make everything as low of a lift as possible right now. Mm-hmm. So I can build something at the same time that I'm building like offline. So yeah. at the same time I'm like building up my credibility. I'm also like building up an audience and I don't really care if that audience is like a slow build. And it's, yeah, it's like going to be a slow, but like Hermosi said, it took him five years to even like he made 500 pocket episodes. So then now he's number two or something. Yeah. But anyways, and, and I, think, like, I think there's going to be a tipping point in both where it's like, 
you're, you're almost looking back and you're like, okay, well, we've built something here that now we should probably take seriously. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I think, I don't know about you, but like when it comes to like these podcasts, right? Like we talk about this shit, like normally, like this is just like normal conversations we have in like the mastermind, like meetings that we would have. And so it's like, it's not really work in per se. It's not recording the meetings we'd have. Yeah. It's not work until we decide to like make it work Mm -hmm. and we like try to market it and stuff. But I think because of that, like if it's like, like it's going to be a slow build, but the slow build will be fun in a Mm way. Um, And I know like we always even talked about from the beginning of like our mastermind meetings where we were like, we should probably record these. Like (laughs) they were like so information dense. So like I'd have just thousands of tabs open like things to look into i know i was like dude if we had these recorded like then i could go back and watch them yeah <laughs> which also too by the way um something we need to explore like moving forward is i was dming eric jorgensen on twitter because he does virtual like podcasts as well and his mm. platform he records on it's different than zoom I haven't mm. looked into it at all, but it it look is better quality than the video that we had like last week. And there's there it seems like it. there's a lot of like better editing we can do with it. Yeah, see what it is. And uh, yeah, we can we can figure it out. I, I was gonna say something I forgot, but let's <laughs> forget. Um yeah, that's yeah, let's we should do that. I mean whatever whatever works so if it makes something easier to do or the quality a little bit better then oh i was gonna say for uh getting more like (laughs) for marketing it i was just gonna say i think the best thing to do is just build up enough a big enough library of these episodes where people know we're serious and then start to reach out to like in one sentence it's leverage other people's audiences yeah Maybe you're doing an interview style where we can get somebody to promote this to their audience. That's going to be the fastest way to do it. I think the interesting part is like, because it's like, it's not a solo show. Mm-hmm. Like in theory, we don't really need any guests to make content. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, I think at a certain point, like, I would love to bring business owners on here, especially like I would be super interested to bring on like, um, smaller business owners small medium-sized business owners smaller yeah dude well i mean i want to i want to i'm pretty serious about like starting to build towards those like micro acquisitions so i would love to like talk to people that are just building you know random tools and stuff like that yeah there's just one guy i know who was like did like a micro vc and buy these small companies and roll them all up but it was all online based. <clears throat> yeah, dude, I'm, yeah, I think I'm focusing on doing the email list and I don't know. Yeah, but I definitely this having an audience, your first 1000 true fans. That's what that article that Tim Ferriss always talks about. Yeah. So it's a thousand people. Um, yeah, but I think that's smart. And then also going back to that, the journaling thing, 
Um, I had I thought of this too. I listened to this podcast. I think it was last week. I forget what I forget what it was called, but um, this guy was basically saying, like the eighty uh, twenty approach to what you said is basically every every hour look back at what you did, and it's like, did it give me more energy or did it take away energy? And then it's just like, okay, what are all the things that give you energy? And then just like. Ideally, you have a day that's that only gives you energy. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but yeah, no, hundred percent. It's like, um, what activities do you engage in that make you feel like whole in a way? Yeah, <laughs> like a day, yeah. a day when like you could, I mean, in in reality, it could literally be like you just sit there on a couch like by yourself, and that if that's like what gives you like energy, like that's all right as well. Yeah, I think there's also a, a point where, like, when it comes to, like, work activities, too, though. Yeah. Because, like, if you're sitting on a couch all day, seven days a week, you probably won't be, won't be making any money. But I think, so I think it's helpful for, like, leisure activities, but then also when it comes to work, okay, what activities do you do do, do you do during the day, tongue twister, that gives you um more energy and what takes it away, so. Yeah. Should we uh should we wrap up here? Yeah, I was gonna say I don't really <clears throat> I'm kind of um yeah, ready to go eat some lunch. So all right, well, there's the end of episode uh I guess one because I titled the first episode zero. Yeah, maybe just do zero point one this one. Zero point one? And then you do zero point one two. Or no, that doesn't like not never reached one. No, that that's a dumb idea. But yeah, this do uh, I, th- I think whole numbers is probably a good way to go. For, for yeah, naming. Well, sounds good. No, I'll I'm sure we'll text during the week and then talk on, on Sunday. Yes, sir. Sweet. Well, see you, dude. Take it easy.